Good evening, primetime partiers. It's primetime party time. Welcome back to our hour of all things media and entertainment, live on the air at 9 p.m. at ptptshow.com and on your time, wherever you stream podcasts. Tonight, we are shaking it up a little bit and playing judge and jury with our lovely audience to find out, is the suitcase season four, episode seven for Mad Men, a bottle episode or not? We have a listener voicemail that Daniel and I are going to queue up momentarily that inspired us all. So let's get into Mad Men, The Suitcase, a inarguably great episode of television. Some might say, as articles have often headlined, one of the best episodes of television of this decade. Hi, primetime party time. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller, and I love your podcast. And on your website, you say we're here to rant, roast, and rave. And I have a bit of a rant. Since you guys love your TV shows, you must have heard the term bottle episode. But when I go online and see lists of bottle episodes, it's like anything goes. A bottle episode is an episode of a TV show that is confined to one set or location, like Charlie McDennis, the Chinese restaurant, or the one where no one's ready. There are obviously way more, but I'm seeing the suitcase from Mad Men being recommended as a bottle episode. It's a great episode. I got teary-eyed and learned more about Don and Peggy, but two main characters hanging out in one office while everyone around them are shown in different restaurants and a house does not make it a bottle episode. All because ham and cheese sandwiches and tuna sandwiches both have bread does not make them the same sandwich. So what do you guys think? What makes an episode a bottle episode? What a question. And a loaded one at that. This is true. Um, all right, so we looked we looked at bottle episodes this week. We looked at Mad Men, at season four, episode seven, The Suitcase, this week. And uh, all right, first things first. Thank you for the call. The yeah. definition of bottle episode, not far off from what our listener gave us as a call. The definition of a bottle episode is, from Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an expensively produced episode of a television series that is typically confined to one setting. Uh, this is kind of fun. Uh, I watched a bunch of Definitely. bottle episodes in preparation uh, to, to really dive into if Mad Men fits the criteria because it does end up on a lot of lists here. Uh, but first things first, let's do what we do. Let's uh, give some contextual information about the series Mad Men. Yes. Before we get into all things bottle episodes, because some might say the past year and change feels like a bottle episode of our lives. But... For the, ten, for the case of Mad Men and the suitcase at that, it is Mad Men. You should be very familiar with this show, and, but if not, it is a drama. It is a show about creatives, specifically an American period drama created by Matthew Weiner and produced by Lionsgate Television. It was on AMC from 2007 to 2015. It aired on September 5th, 2010. So its cast is John Hamm as Don Draper, Elizabeth Moss as Peggy Olsen. Those characters are the most important ones in this episode. So that is what is most important. And the fictional timeline of this show is that it goes from March 1960 to November of 1970. So 
we are looking at the 60s and 70s of advertisement. And it's called Mad Men because they were advertising men that worked on Madison Avenue. And that is the nickname they had back in the day. And specifically, zooming in on the suitcase, is that Don deliberately delays returning an important call from California because he knows it's bad news about Anna. Instead, he keeps himself occupied by forcing Peggy to miss her birthday dinner to pull an all-nighter with him for a client, Samsonite, hence the suitcase. So, do you think the suitcase is a bottle episode slash what does, what do we all think? Yeah, this is a good question. Uh, if you are here tonight on ptbshow.com, we do want to hear your thoughts uh, on bottle episodes in general, favorite bottle episodes. If Mad Men's The Suitcase uh, counts as a bottle episode, uh, like we said at the top of the show, we did a ton of research into, one, where The Suitcase is included in bottle episode lists, uh, which it it is. Um, it, it's, it's included in quite a lot of lists. Uh, Entertainment Weekly has it, Primer Magazine has it, Film School Rejects has it listed, uh, The Ringer has it listed, uh, TV Tropes even has it listed. Uh, the Mad, Mad Men's the, uh, the Suitcase, it, it comes up on a lot of these lists and it tops a lot of these lists. It, it's a very famous episode, it's a very famous bottle episode. Uh, in order to prepare, I actually watched several episodes before revisiting The Suitcase, because uh, I had seen The Suitcase recently. And so I kind of spent uh, our week watching Breaking Bad's The Fly, Seinfeld's The Chinese Restaurant, Community's Remedial Chaos Theory, uh, Frasier's The Dinner Party. Uh, like mentioned, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's Charlie McDennis' The Game of Games, and Bojack Horseman's Free Churro. Uh, and with those, I, I feel like I was able to get a sense of what a bottle episode was before diving in to... Uh, Mad Men's The Suitcase and, and revisiting it through the lens of does this fit the rest of these episodes? Uh, because these are these are its peers. These are its contemporaries that that top these lists with this episode. Is it a bottle episode? What would what, you find out watching this thing? So I guess I didn't have as hard and fast of a definition of a bottle episode. So I went into it thinking, I'm probably going to think that this is a bottle episode, but I left it thinking kind of not. And mostly because in the textbook definition, they need to stay in one location. And for the most part, we're zooming in on Don and Peggy in the office, brainstorming ideas, trashing ideas, arguing over credit. But they also end up going for to the diner to have a snack. They go to the bar to have a drink and watch the fight. And you do see what other characters are doing outside of it. Although it's usually kind of more in a short vignette of like Sterling in the phone booth. And, you know, calling Peggy's boyfriend at dinner with the family and going back and forth of, will you make it to dinner or not? Or is work more important than your personal life? which is a big part of this episode, is about how much Peggy is pouring into her work, how much it's somewhat taking away from her personal life and how she chooses it, but also wants to make sure she's being empowered in that space. And at the same point, Don is wanting to avoid his personal life by pouring himself into work as well. And also, in that sense, trapping Peggy and thus creating this bottle episode. So the main take I have on it 
for it being a bottle episode is if you're looking at it in the context of Mad Men. So if you forget all of the other bottle episodes it's against, it is very much so a bottle episode because its plot is very much only focusing on two characters and most of the time it's focusing on a handful yeah and then yeah no no this is this is kind of like what i was seeing uh to your point like we do cut away uh to these these kind of tertiary supporting characters but no storyline in this episode furthers anybody's story other than don or peggy's they're all essentially like there in order for us to kind of like get more out of like what's going on with Don and with Peggy. Um, so the, the, our question tonight becomes how strict are the rules of bottle episodes? Because this is the one thing that I, I, I sort of saw with each of these is there's really no B or C plots in, in any of these episodes. And the Mad Men's suitcase is included in that really. Uh, more characters appear in this one than some of the other episodes that we're talking about tonight. But for the most part, they appear strictly to support Don and Peggy's stories. And there's not a whole, like we, we understand Roger Sterling's perspective (laughs) in his plight, which is some comedic, uh, you know, relief for the episode, but there's, there's, there's no real story to what he's doing. It's, it's more so an extension of Don that night. Yeah. And, I think with this episode in particular, it's kind of the turning point where you see, because you get a lot of episodes throughout Mad Men that give you kind of, this is the spiel on Pete. This is, you know, Joan. But this one really like handpicks and goes, you guys are really going to hone in on Don and Peggy for the rest of the season. And these are the, or almost like the series. And these are the two characters that are really going to be like skyrocketing in terms of their success. And everyone else is kind of going to, they'll have their wins, but they do kind of put that as these are the ones to watch through this series. And especially in this episode, but I kind of look at that. And when you see kind of where the rest of their directions go, the other voices still come in, but I feel like as a viewer, my eye was kind of like, I am locked on to where Peggy's going because she obviously just is taking her career way more seriously. And I think it's a turning point. Like if it was more of a textbook definition and they didn't show the boyfriend and the family at the restaurant, you wouldn't really get that same feeling of how much she gave up okay. and the kind of like, work-life balance that she no longer wants so that's like something where I kind of am like I see why you would include this in this bottle episode to make it significant for the larger series I yes definition but question for you yes so all of these (laughs) all of these like supporting characters there's this really great interview unlike most of the shows that we talk about on this show on primetime party time there's a lot written about the suitcase and there's a lot of interviews there's a lot of reviews around the time it came out uh one of the great ones is the daily beast had an interview with john ham and he says that there are a lot of two-person scenes in this episode and every one of them can be seen in many ways as a boxing match i don't think minus don and duck having sort of an almost actual boxing match. (laughs) That's more literal. (laughs) Even that has to do with the main plot thread of the episode. 
Yeah. Everybody else's boxing match is either with Don or Peggy or Don and Peggy. Does that factor into this at all? I think so. I think that's like, I mean, not to put them as like, in a way, like I wouldn't call them the office bullies, but it, but they're very like hard headed and trying to get what they want out of each one of these projects. And it's kind of like when you're looking at Peggy's kind of list of clients and achievements rise, it, you can see her also going like, how do I become Don? Like I started off as his assistant and now I want to be the one who gets the credit and I want to be the one that's on top. And yeah, I do think that like, if you're looking at previous episodes too, like you'll see like Peggy fighting with creatives, Don fighting with the creatives. And that's kind of how they get to this point where then now they're fighting each other because it's, it's like, almost not that there isn't like enough room for both of them to grow but I think it's Peggy coming to the realization of there can't be two Dons at this agency Mm -hmm. and where does that leave me to grow if all of my ideas go to him so that's going into the larger madman feels but I would say like although it does you know I'm I'm arguing both sides here, but my that is my pro for this being a bottle okay. episode. My con of this is the textbook definition and the technicals. Like there's, you know, if we're looking at it being an inexpensive production, nothing in Mad Men is very much inexpensive. <laughs> I think even this episode, like even the short scene breaks that you get of people in like a vintage phone booth you're like this is not just (laughs) you know someone dialing in from the crowd so that is a miss and then obviously they go to other locations and that's one of the main things that being said like you said when you're watching alongside the peers you do get that feeling that you're really this episode is an airtight plot and you almost like have to rewatch it looking for the places that it deviates from being what a technical bottle episode is. Cause I think when you don't go in with the definition so plain and written out, you do kind of just go, I get how they someone would think that. But yeah. watching it again, I also am like, I also get why people would not think that because a lot of the other episodes that you watch that are bottle episodes are kind of zany in how contained they are so if you're looking at the chinese restaurant if you're looking at the hurricane episode of broad city these are times where people are trapped in one space and having to confront a lot of (laughs) realities and usually they're kind of comical i mean there's obviously some that could go to a dark side but I think specifically with the Seinfeld Chinese restaurant episode, it's all about like who's getting seated first. What is the order for seating? Why are people not seated hungriest to least hungry? (laughs) And what is the, you know, order of this restaurant? Can we pay them off? I'll pay you to eat an egg roll off their table to see if it's good. (laughs) There's just like a lot of it. It's taking itself less seriously. And you can also see that, in the production because you're like all they had to do not all but like it was completely filmed in the Chinese restaurant the episode ends with them giving up on being seated and then obviously as soon as they leave their table is ready 
because that's how Seinfeld goes. But <laughs> yeah, so that's like that's how I can see where it's not. And Hurricane episode of Broad City is all about you know people can't flush the toilet, their face, they're shut, they're shut into this room with all of their friends, and they're trying to find out a solution. It's all kind of like you know gross out comedy mm-hmm. and quarantined. So that's like a big part of a lot of these bottle episodes too. And I actually saw a lot of articles get written in the past year. Cause they're like, if you think you're quarantined, check out these bottle episodes oh. where you can see shows that were written for you being, you know, shut in and in a specific time and space where you're not leaving the room. Mm-hmm. But now that I've kind of de- played a debate with myself on how I could argue this being a bottle episode and not being a bottle episode. Daniel, mm-hmm. do you think this is a bottle episode or not? Kind of like you, I, I'm i trying to get my head around like the definitive rule set. I get the one location thing. And I like that there's kind of like a wide sort of uh, like threshold of what that can mean. Like the fly is definitively a bottle episode. But it has three distinct locations. Granted, they're all pretty central sets to that season of the show. Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's not as confined as something like, I would say, the most core out of, like, what the episodes I watched were. Uh, like, the dinner party is just the central set. And I feel like it gets bonus points for being real creative and being in real time. It's a 22 minutes of Frasier in 22 minutes of Frasier, I believe Seinfeld's uh, Chinese restaurant is the same way. And I think that those, uh, th- that kind of gives points to them. Um, the other one is like Charlie McDennis is such a pure bottle episode. It is only the bar. It is only the main cast. And they do this amazing meta, like inciting kind of thing where Mac comes in and he's like, what are we doing today? And the cast tells the showrunner I don't know. We thought you'd figure it out. We're all just kind of sitting here bored. And that's how the episode comes about. And it's a really cheap episode where it's obvious that they just, you know, we're filling an episode uh, and it's really memorable. That's what I love about these bottle episodes. They're really memorable. Yes. And they get to hone in on character. The fly, the suitcase, if we're calling it a bottle episode, if it's in this realm, this is why I feel like it's getting named with these. Uh, even communities, remedial chaos theory, big character like moments there. Like, really, a lot of these are, like, really kind of, like, low-key defining uh, in several ways. Now, do I think the suitcase is the same as all of these? All right. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. Um, You know, I don't care much for rules. I don't care much for definitions sometimes. (laughs) And, you know, you know the rules to break the rules. And, like, how far out can can we get you know, this definition before it breaks. And I, I want to know, like, what what is, what's the most a bottle episode can bend before it, uh, before it becomes something else, right? I really like Daniel Feinberg's uh, kind of take on the suitcase specifically. And uh, he says in the critics pick for best bottle episode on TV, the IndieWire survey, Uh, and he's known for the Awards Chatter podcast on Hollywood Reporter, the suitcase is almost a bottle episode. And this is kind of where I'm at. Um, This is kind of where I'm at with it. It's also something really interesting, if if we're kind of sourcing here with like the reading we've been doing. 
Another quote interesting to Mad Men, and I want to know if this is an argument for or against, or if this is even, uh, this might just be anecdotal. It might have nothing to do with anything, but it's kind of fun. Uh, Emily, we love fun here. <laughs> Emily Todd Vanderwerf, in her AV Club review of the episode, mentioned this kind of like big point about, and we'll, we'll post uh, links to these in the show notes. But the, the seventh episode of any Mad Men is a chance for the series to break out of its normal, normal episode types and do something off format. So every season, the show kind of will, it'll put actually, it seems like it's stronger episodes, coincidentally or non-coincidentally, end up as episode seven of their respective seasons. So season one's Red in the Face is a famous episode that takes up much time with Roger's visit to the Draper household and Don enacting his unusual form of revenge on his boss, she says. Season two's entry, The Gold Violin, takes up an enormous amount of time on contemplation of an odd painting Burt Cooper has purchased. And season three's entry, oh, you know that one? Yes. <laughs> season three's entry uh, follows Don, Peggy, and Betty through three very different vignettes about their lives at the moment. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't know if that, if that, has to okay i didn't know going in obviously if that had to do with it or not but i kind of found something pretty definitive here uh as far as intent goes and i want to know how much intent matters here uh because it's kind of like you said mad men's a high production show as it is so do we at all get to bend the rules uh in a certain direction do we get to skew those at all like is this a hard definition Jennifer Getzinger is uh, the woman who directed this episode. And she's actually really involved with Mad Men. I, be I believe she directed a lot of episodes of this show um, and crafted a lot of, especially the later seasons. But in a 2012 interview on Fast Company, she says that the suitcase was written as what they call a bottle episode, which means it's an episode that's small and contained to save money on a show. Often, it only involves a few characters. They stay all on the standing sets. There are no new sets, she says. Of course, the episode started that way, with Don and Peggy in the office all night, and then it grew. They went out to a diner and to a bar, and then they had to take phone calls with other characters. But, she says... It was still a small episode. It felt like this two-person play in which Don and Peggy were talking about things they'd never talk about, really facing emotions they hadn't faced before, and we were doing it while everybody else on the production was running around. She doesn't actually say on the production. Uh, the, the author of the article, I think, wrote that in. But she says, uh, Jennifer says, we were just sort of making this little play. Kind of sounds I a little think... bottle episode to me. I think that actually does speak a lot of volumes towards it being a bottle episode because you need to have those incoming parts to kind of make them staying inside together more significant than just, oh, you know, Peggy and Don are just blowing off their personal life for work. That happens a lot in the show, but it's the kind of having it be the last Oh, no. Raw that breaks for Peggy for these major campaigns. And I don't think you'd get there without those added scenes. So I get how the writers wanted to bring it up beyond just them staying in all night and show how, you know, in the beginning, there's an in the earlier season where Peggy briefly stays in like a psych ward and Dawn visits 
her and they confide each other in these ways where they never talk about it again. Like they'll have like these deeply emotional connections and then it's business as usual the next day. And they kind of do that a lot less in this episode. They open up a lot to each other. And even the next morning when they kind of wrap everything up, Peggy looks like she's kind of a mess. There's this like specific scene where they kind of like, he puts his hand over her hand to kind of be like, they're there in a, in a way of like, we're kind of in this together. That you see the camaraderie between them be like, we're not just competing with each other for who can come up with the best creative that, you know, stacks your roster at the agency the highest. It's that they also are respecting that they're kind of the same creatures. And I think that's like a big takeaway from this bottle episode. And I said this bottle. <laughs> so that's <laughs> this almost bottle episode. But I do think the intent matters. Like if the writers wrote it that way and in my I would say in their defense, like they can't help that they have a bigger budget <laughs> a lot of shows. <laughs> so for in the context of this TV show, they're like, this was a much lower cost to produce show than a lot of episodes of Mad Men. And I would agree to that. Mm -hmm. If you look at the whole series, like, yeah, there's not a ton where it's just them at the office. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and going through more of a regular day. It's usually like going in quite a few directions and then there's business trips and then there's like many dinners and so many like scenes of the city, which everyone knows like filming in a city and getting all of that B-roll is quite expensive, especially in Manhattan. So I guess for Mad Men, since they kind of make it elegantly be kind of they're just like popping into the spots nearby and not doing all of these big scenes of like honestly showing off like 60s coats, mm -hmm. walking down streets, getting into the office and then going out. And that's like another thing too. The show is huge on wardrobe and because they stay in the office all night and you know, Peggy is very noticeably still in the clothes from the night before yeah. on the morning of the episode, that kind of also makes it add on to, okay, this is for the, ep for the show that's known a lot for how many outfits you kind of watch, especially I'd say a lot in the women because it's really iconic for the 60s. That's, that's another thing to mention is that they all kind of stay more almost like cartoon characters where we're in one outfit for this episode. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that that's a good point about um about Mad Men and and wardrobes and whatnot. I really like what you said about intent earlier. I really, <laughs> really, I I I don't know. I I understand. I understand here where it gets listed, and honestly, yeah, I also understand that in the truest sense of the word. It, it, it's weird. It's weird because it stands out a little bit. It stands out a little bit of the crowd. And, I mean, you could go the other way, right? Where it's like, well, if you if you skew things too far, then... Like, the there's so much creativity in restriction, right? Yeah. And not to say that the suitcase isn't creative. I actually... It, it very much is. And it's very much like the, the boxing match 
the boxing matches between the characters while there's an actual very famous boxing match going on in the background. Yeah, that's a great note. <laughs> is um is like uh, that's that's a wonderful wonderful idea to do an episode uh, around. But it, it, it's true because it's like, is it the same thing as essentially a 22 minute real time play with the series' regulars in their apartment complex uh, for the dinner family? Is that the same episode? Uh, and, and at what point can they be sort of categorized together? At what point are they categorized separately? Uh, I see where it's listed. I really like the I really like the almost a bottle episode <laughs> distinction. I know. I love that. That is that is a great way to phrase this one because I can see how you'd include it as a bottle episode, but I would also say and you can argue with me on other ones that you watched, hmm. but a lot of the other bottle episodes that I watched, I don't feel like they moved the plot forward or changed the viewer's focus on the show moving forward. Like the Chinese restaurant for Seinfeld is kind of just like, it's a great episode. It's very much the same feel as most of the show. And it's more just bringing you into a everyday, you know, annoyance, making it into its little play about it, having little voice takeovers from Larry David. <laughs> you, you're, you're feeling like, okay, yeah, this is an episode of Seinfeld. And it doesn't stand out from the mold. Because a lot of these shows that are apartment shows, they're not bottle episodes because there's other things that happen, but they don't tend to go out as much. Where I'd say with Mad Men, a big part of this show is them going out a lot, since that was a big perk of being a Mad Men Mm-hmm. when during that period it's all about okay after work i'm getting martinis with my boss and then you know meeting clients and then doing what else and then strolling into my home where my wife has made me a dinner and then passing out and doing it again and yeah i would say with these other shows like even with the broad city episode it also falls in really neatly with how life in New York is and having weather situations that make you trapped in an apartment and having bad plumbing because you live in a pretty inexpensive apartment as a young, you know, trying to make it happen 20 something year old. Yeah. And I would say with Frasier, it's also another one of, you know, they have a lot of trademarks of kind of overthinking and planning and how do we make this kind of like a seamless situation? And that kind of falls into those themes of like, you know, people who are really attention to detail. And so I feel like with Mad Men, as much as like this falls into the fact that this show has a lot of great writers who make really great dialogue, it is different because structurally you're only zooming in on these two players yeah and then you're not really caring that much that they're in new york city because i think that's like a big part of Mad Men is like it's the 60s they're in new york these major political moments are happening all around these ad campaigns that even if you weren't alive to hear them you know them because they're some of the most iconic and kind of landmark ones used for all time that being said I wouldn't use the Mad Men 
suitcase episode as a blueprint or an outline for another show to make a bottle episode. Right. Because I think it's something that works specifically for them. It's a good distinction. Yeah. Um, you were saying that one of the things that you were seeing across the board with a lot of these bottle episodes is that it doesn't move the plot, and especially in some of these more serialized shows. Uh, actually, one of the things that kind of kept the episode of The Fly moving forward is that you're on the edge of your seat because it's almost furthering the plot <laughs> while it's uh, drawing out the relationship between uh, Walt and Jesse. And specifically for, for going back to going back to Frasier, uh, I haven't watched all of Frasier. And so like, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but what, what the dinner party does is it zooms in on the two brothers, Frasier Crane and Niles Crane's relationship and how they might be a little bit too in, uh, dependent on each other. Uh, which seems to just be sort of zooming in on like their characters while they don't really, uh, it's kind of fun because the episode ends and, and there's a joke and, you know, uh, but they they haven't really done anything to assess the situation that they've become aware of uh, w- within that episode. And my assumption is they, they, they don't, it's not like, you know, season six, episode 18, they're not talking anymore and they're trying to live their own lives and Niles moves out of Seattle. And I, 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 my guess is that doesn't happen. And this isn't some big turning point for the show, but bottle episodes kind of feel like they're, and I don't know if it's right to equate this, but there's these movies have these scenes in them that are kind of like metaphor scenes. They're shot a little differently than the rest of the movie. And they sort of Mm. tell the movie within the single scene. I feel like a lot of these Bottle episodes will take one of their one of the aspects of their show, and this is the TV's version of doing that. In which case, you know, suitcase would be closer than not. But again, you you can't you can't move. I agree. I agree. I understand and agree with, if not just for the side note of restriction <laughs> breeds creativity. Uh, yeah, you can't use it as a benchmark. Is it something that should top the list of bottle episodes without any sort of distinction that it's a little different? I do think the writers that address the caveats to how this is a bottle episode and how it is not are being smart about it. Because I think when you just throw it amongst all the other ones, that's where you do see it and go, hey, one of these is not like the other. And that's where like the almost bottle episode distinction, I think, really helps you also kind of dive into that person's analysis of the episode. But that's it's also giving some space and flexibility for those who aren't as strict on the rules and aren't. And, you know, most people watching television aren't all watching it for the structural values. And I think one of the fun things when you learn these terms like bottle episode is now you're going to start looking at other shows and be like, is this a bottle episode? When you catch the, all right, they're all just here (laughs) at this point. And does anything else happen? But I think what are nice about these is whether or not they move the plot forward. Like you said, with this metaphor of the entire series 
concept. I think that does really work for all of these. Even though the Chinese restaurant is not moving along like Jerry's comedy career or George's career in baseball <laughs> or <laughs> or Elaine's and, you know, she's kind of like a publicist slash works in publishing. No. And it's like, are any of their relationships really moving forward? No, but most of Seinfeld is about relationships not moving forward. It's kind of more about the core group staying together and other ones kind of drifting in and out. So I think that part works is you could watch a lot of these episodes and Mad Men's included and feel like, did I get the feeling of what this show is like? I think it is a good episode to send to someone and be like you would be really into this show if you watch this one because it's kind of like you say with (laughs) Frasier a lot of Frasier is about um, the brothers having it out about small things that you wouldn't think would be such a big deal and that's kind of why you like watching that show because as someone who also makes a big deal over the small things and maybe like minimizes the big things (laughs) that's kind of what you know, a, a fun part of Frasier and the dinner party is a great example of that because it's a low stakes situation. You're just having a dinner party, but they have to make it, you know, more of a project than it needs to be. And if you like that, then you'll like a lot of Frasier because there's a lot of them kind of making something more than you would, you know, kind of the average Joe would necessarily. Agreed. We have a couple chats coming in. Uh, I do want to read these. They're they're making good points. Uh, I love this one. Food for thought, says Bird. But could you argue with the suitcase episode that while they do leave and go to a bar slash diner, that they never leave the setting of their workday? I think that this feeds in, and this is why this episode, this is why I feel like the episode grew out of being a bottle. Like That's what that term means, because I think... Absolutely. That diner scene does a lot for the point of the episode. And it does a lot in a way where I'm sure that they were just like writing it to be stuck in the office. But because everybody else is at a happy hour, like why wouldn't you take the two central characters and throw them in a separate location where everybody else is watching this boxing match, enjoying their lives, and show that it is still their workday? There is kind of a great visual point going on to that scene that fulfills the rest of that episode. And I think it adds more personally, like that's one of those decisions where it's like, well, you know, it's it's still not super expensive to throw a diner scene in and it works enough for the point that, yeah, I I agree. The episode's better for that scene. Should it just get like slammed out of being a bottle episode because visually that works? And I think that that's a different point than uh, what BMAC saying, which is, could this mean that episodes of procedural dramas only focusing on the case or bottle episodes? I don't believe so. There are B and C plots with the main cast. Um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think so. There are always, there's always more going on with those. Uh, I have an example for that. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm just gonna bring out a show that I will always talk about which is Sailor Moon. And so in Sailor Moon, like many animes, there's like the standard kind of storyline of new villain, figuring out who the villain is targeting, going after that villain, and kind of having it be mostly within Tokyo. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. but they do have specific episodes where say like they have to go into someone's subconscious and fight them there or go into this like kind of they'll stay like oh we're stuck in this like kind of black hole for this episode in space and fighting that person there and those stand out within that series as bottle episodes because instead of them kind of hitting all of their usual marks of I get up and I go to school and then I run into my boyfriend and then we chat and then I meet up with the girls and we're studying and then all of a sudden villain happens and then we fight it kind of breaks out of that and goes you're only going into this one zone this one specific villain is targeting this one specific person in this one specific place and so that's kind of my example of I don't think shows that have a narrower focus are all bottle episodes I think you have to look at it as the episodes that break the mold from the series that also do have a you know the lower production value the minimal locations I think that's kind of something we're coming to the agreement here because a lot of hard and firm decisions would be one location only they leave the room to go to the bathroom they have left but in this one, I'm saying mm, Mad Men does make me want to bend those rules and go, if the everyday workday like Bird in the chat is saying is includes brainstorming over drinks at the bar downstairs, you're kind of like, yeah, I see this. I right. see their train of thought moving. And the other part of it is that the point of this episode is they have to have the idea that that's hitting the mark. And they kind of do everything until they get that. And so, yeah, again, to Bird's comment, they only could get it until, you know, Don gets drunk enough to punch Duck. (laughs) Then they, you know, walk it off, have another drink, and then it's like, that's it. (laughs) That'll be the Samsonite campaign. And you do look at it and go like, oh, my gosh, that is a everyday workday at Sterling Cooper. Right. All right. Two things. First, uh, I have one more thing on the procedural comment that I just thought of, and it's that those case of the week shows, it's kind of like you just said. There's no dip in budget for any of those. If you look across the board, they've all all probably got similar production budgets, uh, and they're all using the contracted regulars in whatever ways they can, and they're hiring a certain amount of guest stars, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, also something that I'm seeing with a lot of bottle episodes, uh, is that a lot of the ones, um, are written and directed by either the showrunner or, uh, someone close to, uh, the show in a way that they're around for a lot of the show's lifespan. Uh, for example, uh, even in the fly, the, it is fun because that plot thread I kind of alluded to earlier that kind of, they string along. It's a really big sort of like unresolved note in Walt and Jesse's, uh, character arcs or just trajection, the plot of the series, I guess, uh, gets resolved in the climax of the series that is directed by the same director, uh, whose first episode, I believe, was The Fly. Wow. Also, Bird comes in again. He says, also, the morning after in the suitcase, uh, most of the episode, uh, the woman John Hamm calls tells him that he's had a long day, even though he's calling her the morning after he was supposed to. It's like the prior day was still going, and he hadn't finished yet. Bird, we're loving the attention to detail here. Yeah, this is this is some crazy analysis. Also, I I, I want to know then. So, are you arguing for the bottle episode distinction? Uh, 
because it seems it seems like we're on the same page with Bird about the the written intent here. Um, yeah. But the feel of versus other bottle episodes that are more strict in their rule set is sort of the question, right? I feel like that's how we're getting the framing for the suitcase being a bottle episode because it's kind of like taking a lot of the elements we've discussed, like the locations, the amount of locations Mad Men can usually shoot, and they are really just honing it in here. The amount of costume design they usually get honed in. Actors, we kept it real minimal. Mm -hmm. We got Peggy, Don, Quick Sterling. Yes, there's Peggy's family at the restaurant. Yes, but you don't hear a lot from them other than the few right. with Peggy's boyfriend who, you know, is written off after this episode. So in a way you're like, well, there we go. Yeah, I guess that's and then plot. Uh, also, they shot that duck. in a day. They probably, yeah, oh. they, they shot that, yeah, they shot that restaurant scene in a day. And there wasn't, yeah. uh, it's possible that there wasn't a two-week production schedule on the suitcase or if it was it obviously wasn't for anyone outside of uh john ham and elizabeth um i want to say peggy's last name i'm so sorry uh elizabeth moss moss we're talking about a different one last week Mm -hmm. but yes now i i agree with that i think they would not have had to take as much time to produce and that so that's kind of where you're looking at it if you frame the suitcase as in the context of Mad Men and of a lot of other shows, it falls into being a bottle episode. Is it the tightest bottle episode? No. Is it the one you would use as a model for other shows if they wanted to write a bottle episode? Yes and no. Because you would have to show kind of like, if we're making (laughs) Mad Men more about like a jazz feel, like you'd have to show them like where it breaks the rules. You would kind of watch it going, here's where it's not as much of a bottle episode as this this show, but we think it works. And I think that's the main thing about shows with really good writing. The writers will have an intent, but they'll also allow things to come in to be like, but would this make the episode better? And it, wouldn't we rather have those larger moments then have it be, we have to stay to the rigid definition of this plot episode. Because I will argue that if they didn't have, you know, the bombardments of the different phone calls and of Duck arriving to the office, you wouldn't get to the two main moments of this episode, which are their really memorable screaming match over why do you think you need credit for everything you do? which, you know, ironically comes from Don, pretty much really requires credit for everything he does. <laughs> and then um, the moment at the end where they're almost quiet more than anything else. And I think that's another way we're looking at the show is that it starts off like the boxing match that John Hamm describes. Really loud. They're going back and forth about ideas, about their kind of place in the company and their meaning of their careers and then towards the end they kind of are resolved and honestly look battered you Mm. know don is covered in vomit he looks pretty bad (laughs) peggy 
It isn't looking great either. And this isn't a show where everyone is so clean cut and tailored to a T. So, yeah, I think that's like this this episode is different than the other bottle episodes in how it breaks the mold from both the definition of the bottle episode and I would say the series feel in that sense. But at the same time, the amount of drama and character development you get out of it, it's like that is that is textbook madmen. So absolutely. We have yeah, we have we have argued in circles a bit. <laughs> so yes, yes. If you have nothing else, I'm gonna leave this to the chat, actually. Uh yeah. and so we asked, is Mad Men's the suitcase a bottle episode? B Max says no. Bird says yes. Definitely had the feel of a bottle episode. Never seen Mad Men, Mad Men, but definitely learned a lot about each character in that one episode. And I want to say, what I see from him saying that, a lot of that is the bottle episode's feel of being standalone, like a short film, like theater, if it's in yeah. real time, whatnot. And and so it's, it does seem to have that. Just the facts, thank you for the call, Wendy, says no. Intent is important, but so is the result. I can't Ooh. fault that argument either. No, uh, she execution also, counts too. <laughs> she also tells you <laughs> good point about how Don and Peggy looked at the end of the episode. They do look pretty beat up. <laughs> yeah, they're thrashed. With but, that said, it, it's divisive. Yeah. It's it's divisive. Uh, we also have another comment coming in. Um, Ooh. Finn says she likes the almost. The technicalities make it not a total bottle episode, but it's relatively close to the mold, so it can pass as one. That's, I can't really state my position better than that. Um, I understand for the sake of other bottle episodes. I think that's what I came across. In this last hour, if I have sort of like come down on one thing, it's, it's that, right? It's that Yeah. I want to say we can include the suitcase in bottle episode discussion. Can it top lists? of other great bottle episodes and contemporary episodes without any sort of asterisks or disclaimers. I would disagree that it could go on those, or I guess agree. I would agree that it has to have the disclaimer, that it deviates from the textbook definition, because I think that's important. But I also do feel like it has the core essence so that's where I'm at with it. I'm okay with the intent and the departure in the execution, but I also don't think it goes without noting. I think it should be noted because the other shows, if you're looking at you know, shows that really had to hone it in a bit more, you're like, they had to do like what you're talking about with restriction and creativity. They had to be a lot more creative with less. And I think you should get props for that especially when you still have a great episode with writing and it's kind of like this, you know, we were able to get this episode kind of for a deal so that we can do the payoff episode we want to do later on as the cliffhanger for the series finale. I think, you know, that's just being smart. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but if, you have, oh, sorry. if we're going to like rank it, it sounds like we have more it's not a bottle episode then yay sir and a lot of people on the fence so on the fence. do you think so 
uh, write us in. Uh, we got this voicemail uh, on our site at ptptshow.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on our chat room on that site. You can hit us up at info at ptptshow.com. Uh, you can just find us. Uh, that works, too. Um, this show couldn't have been made without the following amazing people. Again, thank you to Wendy for the call. Uh, thank you to yes. Fen for our artwork. Thank you to uh, Jay Wright for our theme music. You can find Fen at Fen Lantine Instagram. You can find uh, Jay Wright at jaywrightmusic.com. Thank you for Coco for helping us. Uh, put the site together. Thank you for BMAC for helping us put this episode together too. Uh, and yes. thank you to uh, Fen, BMAC, Bird, and Just the Facts for joining us tonight here on Primetime Party Time. Catch us uh, here next Monday night at 9 p.m. ptptshow.com. Yes. Thanks for being here. It's just inconclusive. There's there's nothing to say here. <laughs> We're not gonna. There's nothing else. <laughs> I know the suitcase is almost a bottle episode. The same way I almost have a film degree, and I'm almost <laughs> qualified too. to talk on this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>